Hey, Melissa, want to hear a joke? No. Why do you... white girls always go around in odd numbers? Because they just can't even. Good morning. Welcome to Velocity LSAT. I'm Dave Hall. This is Kung Fu for LSAT. I'm here with Melissa Miller. This was the spot in which you were supposed to say. I'm still just... You're just not speaking. I just can't even. That's all I can say. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> we are going to finish up section one from question 29, or from prep test 29. So that's just questions 24 and 25. So today is probably pretty short. We'll see. But sweet. All right. Um, anything else to say before we get started? No, let's get this... Do you have any jokes you'd like to tell? Nope. Okay. Question 24. Um, I won't even ask you what kind of question this is. It's a strongly question. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's weird. It's a weird question, is the thing. Uh, it's really kind of a weakened question. So it says, which of the following would most strongly indicate that current enforcement might be ineffective in controlling overall pollutant levels? So it sounds maybe like we're going to weaken the case. I'm, I'm really not sure exactly what we're being asked to do here. It's just a weird question. you know. And one thing that this points to for me is how important it is to know what the questions want. Because when I, when I read this, obviously we're going to have something that's going to show that somehow their measures are ineffective. Does that mean that the argument is claiming that the measures work and we're going to show that they don't really? Or have we just been given a description of current measures and now we're going to have an answer that shows that those measures don't really work? I don't know. No. And I don't know because I don't ever remember seeing a question like this ever. Okay. No. So I'm primed for something that may kind of weaken some claim in the argument, but whatever. All right. And the fact, oh, and I guess I should like put a cap in it by saying that the fact that I don't really know exactly what to expect means the problem means that this question is probably going to take me longer mm. because I'm going to have to figure out what it is I'm being asked to do and then do it instead of simply like recognizing what I need to do. Okay. All right. So we'll take a minute and read. All right. So what's happening in this passage? Well, this is our first run through this passage. <laughs> So, um, in this passage, we're talking about uh, inspecting cars for emissions, and specifically, they're saying when the car is idling, that's how they inspect the cars, and uh, they measure pollutants while the car is idling. Yeah. A little yeah. muddled. Yeah. So, as I read the passage in relation to this weird question, I'm beginning to understand better what they want. Like, the passage prescribes a solution. Right? We want to keep pollution down. I've got a pollution solution. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that solution is this idle test. And they went out of their way to define idling for us. Idling is the car running with while standing still. And like I don't know why they felt like they had to define idling for us. I know what idling is. But maybe... I don't know. I guess we could take it under advisement that if we need to know what something is, they're going to tell us what it is. They're not going to use a specialized term, even a specialized term like idling. I hope you can hear the quotes that I put around that word. Um, so we've got this test. Tests at idle speed. 
and this is supposed to lower pollution. And now the question has asked us for some new information that would show that that test may not be effective. Mm -hmm. Structurally speaking, like semantically, I don't know exactly what they're going to say that's going to say that this test doesn't really work or I don't know how they're going to show that this might not actually be effective in limiting pollution. But structurally I do because our solution only is to- we're only told that our solution works while the cars are idling, you know, we're only testing them at idle. So one clear way to show that that doesn't really work as a solution is to say cars are different at idle speeds than they are at like normal traveling speeds Mm. yeah all right um so i'm looking for an answer that says just that you know that says your solution not gonna work okay so let's look at the answer so a says as an emission control technology approaches its limits any additional gains in effectiveness become progressively more expensive it's just just additional information they're providing that doesn't relate. Yeah. Like, what does that tell us about whether or not this idling test is going to work? Mm-hmm. Uh, B, the testing devices used must be recalibrated frequently to measure pollutant levels with acceptable accuracy. Again, I feel like that's sort of helpful information, but doesn't matter because we're not talking about you know, struggling yeah. tickets. Yeah. I mean, and, and the fact that you have to keep your machines in working order. How does that say that your test doesn't work? Hmm. Okay. Uh, See, the adjustments needed to make a car idle cleanly make it likely that the car will emit high levels of pollutants when moving at highway speeds. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I like it. Okay. Because I think one has the word idle in it. We talked about how idling might matter later. But um, specifically, the idea is that, you know, there are going to be more pollutants at different levels beyond idling. So I would say, like, stop and go or highway that would make sense like that would be other conditions other than idling yeah and while i was really just looking for something that said what works at idling may not work at at like traveling speeds c takes that a step further i mean if c is true and again c says the adjustments that you need to make a car idle cleanly make it likely that the car is going to emit high levels of pollutants when it's moving at highway speeds. If that's true, then you're testing people's cars at idling speeds and they adjust them to run cleanly at idling speeds, which makes it more likely that they're going to emit more pollutants at highway speeds. I mean, this ruins that solution. Mm -hmm. This idle test is not only not going to work, it will actually make things worse. Yeah. I think we found our answer. Do we want to look at d Desperately. Okay. D, most car owners ask their mechanics to make sure that their cars are in compliance with emission standards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, e, when emission standards are set, no allowances are made for older cars. No comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes when I see an answer choice like that, that it sounds weird and new. That does not automatically disqualify it in my mind. And I guess it's because I, like, can imagine how it's possible that uh, having some kind of allowance built in to deal with older cars would have an effect on whether or not this test is really working to limit pollution. Of course, in this instance, we didn't talk about older cars at all, so we're really kind of chasing a rabbit here. But why not? Why not, Melissa? Well, because we have to get on to 25. Okay, fair enough. All right, then let's do 25. Uh, Do you know what kind of question this is? 
Um, well, each of the following, if true, would contribute to an explanation of differences described above, except. So, it's a, it's a, is it a weakened question? No. Strengthened question? No. A, an accept question? No. I don't. We study every day, guys, is all I can say. What is it called? I refer to these questions, questions that use the verb explain, reconcile, mm-hmm. or resolve. Because they most frequently, because they're all, they're all, mm, very good guess. Thank you. They're all asking essentially the same thing. And since the word resolve is used most frequently, I call call them resolution questions. Looking for resolution. Okay. And you said accept, and I kind of shot that down. And that was for a reason. Like, you go into this looking for the one that doesn't work. You're making your job harder. It is easier and it is faster to find four answer choices that do the job. It's just easier for you to know. It's like when you're, if you were looking for anything in a pile, you know, if you know exactly what you're looking for, you don't have to spend time examining all the other things that aren't what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Same thing here. You know, you can check off four different answers that do the job. And that's easier than trying to decide what you're not looking for. Gotcha. All right. So we'll take a minute, read this passage. Okay. What is it we're trying to resolve, Melissa? Uh, We want to explain the differences. What differences? Um, The differences between the indigenous people of Tasmania and the indigenous people of Australia. I mean, if you'd like more information. Yes, please. They were connected by a land bridge 10,000 years ago. That bridge disappeared. Um, 2,000 years after the disappearance of the bridge, we see differences in the way, uh, in their technology and culture. So we're trying to figure out why those differences have occurred now. Yeah. They were clearly related, and yet 2,000 years after the bridge disappears, all of a sudden they're all different. Mm -hmm. They are, and specifically, we're told there are major differences in culture and technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Tasmanians have no domesticated dogs. They don't have any fishing nets. They don't have any polished stone tools. They don't have any hunting implements like the boomerang, the spear thrower. Which, fun fact, okay. is actually, could be called an atlatl. Atlatl. Which I learned, yeah, I had a great teacher who loved to say the word atlatl, just like that. I can see why. Yeah. All right, so four of these answer choices are going to explain why the Tasmanians, after just 2,000 years of separation, end up without any... Adeladdles, dogs, fishing nets, etc. Mm. All right. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna start with A. Can I can yes, we get this party started? Okay. After the disappearance of the land bridge, the indigenous Tasmanians simply abandoned certain practices and technologies that they had originally shared with their Australian relatives. Yeah, I mean it's giving us a reason why they just decided not to do it. Clearly explained. Okay. It. All right. Uh, B devices such as the spear thrower. Adeladdle. As devices such as the atlatl and the boomerang were developed by the indigenous Tasmanians more than 10,000 years ago. Uh, Well, I mean, it's then they had all that, is what they're saying. So Mm. that doesn't make... I don't like B. (laughs) Okay. So it doesn't... I definitely doesn't explain the differences in any way. So it sounds like that's probably our answer then. Okay. Let's see. Let's make sure these others do then resolve the, the differences. Okay, see technological innovations such as fishing nets, polished stone tools, and so on were imported to Australia by Polynesian explorers more recently than 10,000. So it, it gives us the year, 
So that helps because it's placing us. And it's saying we got them, they got them from Polynesian explorers, which would explain the difference. Yeah, the Australians got them. The Tasmanians didn't get them. They weren't so lucky as to get Polynesian explorers. Mm -hmm. And we never get Polynesian explorers. All right. Uh, D, indigenous people of Australia developed hunting implements like the boomerang and the atlatl after the disappearance of the land bridge. So, I mean, it's just saying that they just, just decided to do it. Something. Yeah. The Australians invented this shit, mm-hmm. and they did it after the land bridge was gone. The Tasmanians were not as inventive, presumably. Mm-hmm. Uh, e, although the technological and cultural innovations were developed in Australia more than 10 years ago, they were developed by groups in northern Australia with whom the indigenous Tasmanians had no prior contact, sorry, no contact prior to the disappearance of the land bridge. Mm-hmm. So it's, again, explaining the differences. Mm-hmm. So it's B. This also reminds me of the book I'm reading. River of Doubt. I feel like you should read it. Why? Um, because they talk about uh, repeatedly their uh, Roosevelt. Had levels? No, not once. Uh, Ro- they didn't have. They didn't have them. They had spears, but not spear throwers. But they talk about Roosevelt's team encountering indigenous people that had never before seen anyone other than their specific tribe. You didn't specify cool. which Roosevelt. So in my mind, I'm picturing FDR in his wheelchair. It's Teddy Roosevelt. Darn. Yeah. I was wrong. Uh, it's a great book. River of Doubt. Okay. I highly recommend it. All right. I'll uh, take a look at it. All right. Okay. Well, that finishes off this page, and that's the end of this section. And uh, that's going to be the end of today's podcast. And next week, we'll come back and probably pick up with the second logical reasoning section from this test, if that's amenable to you. Sounds good. All right. Then we'll call it a day. See you guys next week. Mm-hmm.